for listening to our podcast today here at Word of Life. One of our values here at Word of Life is grow, and we've created a whole platform with your growth in mind. From in-depth series on worship and prayer to short and powerful articles on parenting, we have programs and content made just for you. So don't forget to subscribe at thelifeonline.cc. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Will do through you and in you, it will perish. And they're living underneath that fear. Um, but the Bible says that in the middle of this fearful darkness, Moses' mom determines to take a step of faith. And she's holding this thing in her hands and she's nursing this child and she's giving it her life. And if you're going to have a dream, you're going to have to do all those things. Uh, Your spiritual health and the dream of intimacy with God and the dream of what God can do through you, it will take life from you. And you'll have to feed it and you'll have to nourish it and it'll take this life. Uh, But anything that God has given you that is destined to be beautiful... Uh, It is not just something you are going to have to feed. It's going to be something you're going to have to give to God to feed. And she reaches this moment where she understands she can't hide this child any longer. And it's not enough for it to be in her hand. She's going to have to do something else. Now, remember, all of this is tied off of, I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence. You have never failed me. Uh, So watch what she does here in verse number three. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it it to her. When she opened it up, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying, and she had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women? that she may nurse the child for you. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Go. So the girl went and called Moses' mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. Oh, come on, church. Uh, So you can imagine this moment of fear of you have something beautiful, and you make this courageous decision of I am going to put this in God's hands. And I am going to see him protect it. I'm going to see him watch over it. I'm going to see him care for it. And I don't know how. And this is scary for me to release. But I'm going to put this in God's hands. And you can imagine like having this child. Like I am fierce about my children. Like fierce, fierce about my children. Uh, my son, my youngest, Benjamin, son of my right hand, my right hand man. 
Um, so Benjamin, um, he's nine years old, and athletically, he's still trying to find his groove, and we'll see if it catches, uh, but uh, his gift is more humor and personality, and not as much athletics, but you never know. At nine, lots of things can change. But he's finally gotten into basketball, and so he was, you know, in basketball, and you see him bouncing the ball around, and he wanted to go to this little basketball camp. And uh, so we sign him up to go to this little basketball camp. It's at a school and, you know, all those types of things. And at the end of the camp, they do this thing where it's like they do a game, like a scrimmage type game where, you know, you can come and you can kind of watch the kids. And so he's pumped up, like fired up about this game. Like, I mean, like fire. He's like inviting everyone, like come, you know, this type of thing. Because uh, he's, you know, all week, that's all he's talked about is the 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 drills he's learned and the things that he's kind of done and that kind of thing. And so anyway, the game comes and he's there and he starts on the bench, which, you know, it's one of those things. Not everybody can start, you know, only five people can be on a basketball team on the floor at any given time. Uh, But by the end of the game, they never let him in. And this is not like a scrimmage or like a a real game game. This is a camp. Uh, Like this is a camp like, you know, that's to teach skills where you invite parents and friends and like that to come watch their kids play and this type of thing. Never let him in the game. And I promise like as a pastor, I lay hands on people um, for, you know, often, but I wanted to do it for an entirely different reason. Uh, this particular day, like I, I, I get like the bull seeing red and there are very few things that make me angry. When I say like very few things making me angry, you can ask my wife, like how many times she's seen me angry in 17 years of marriage. It's rare, but she saw one Thursday, uh, like just this moment where I am like, I know this is probably a misunderstanding. Uh, you know, and these types of things, but you will die now. Like, I, 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 I genuinely uh, just felt like this extreme protection uh, over my child. And, uh, you know, he, he, we, he comes off the court and he's crying. You know, it's, it's his little heart is hurt. And we can see him, you know, on the bench, emotional and that type of thing. And, and he walks off the court and he's like, I'll never play basketball again. Isn't that something? And so I'm like, no, we will. And I bought him another basketball and like those types of things. Because one of my golden verses is Revelation chapter 3, he who overcomes inherits all things. And that to be successful in life, you've got to learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, we don't allow life or things to tell us no. But all while I'm trying, giving this talk and like buying the basketball from Amazon and all these types of things, uh, like everything within me just wants to hold this child. And to like be with this child and bless this child and, you know, take care of this child. And you can imagine like this mom holding this baby. It's completely defenseless. It's three months old. She knows she can't hide it any longer. And she has, this is her first child. It's her only child. And she is holding this baby, and she knows she has to let it go. And she places it in a basket, puts, um, you know, because no one can watch her do this, or she'll be in trouble for hiding the child. 
And, and she puts it in a basket and she covers it with a tarp and she sends it down the Nile. Um, just placing it completely in God's hands. And her sister goes down further to see like what becomes of the child. And you can imagine how scary this moment is. But she's made a decision to trust God. And I, I just feel like some of you, you have some things that have been in your hands for so long that it's become impossible for you to carry it any longer. And the weight of trying to carry this beautiful thing and make it beautiful the way you know only God can make it beautiful is going to require you to understand that not only are you still in his hands, but the very thing you're praying for now you are putting in God's hands. And God will write the end of this story that even when I can't see him, he is working. That, that even when I can't see baby Moses floating down the Nile, God's hand is guiding him. God's hand is protecting him. He's going to end up in the right place at the right time. Uh, and, and like having this confidence in our God that even out of our hands, uh, that this child will be kept by the hand of God. And you read the end of the story. Like when she does this, God sets up this plan like only God can, where not only does the beautiful thing live, but out of all the women who could be selected to nurse this baby, it is Moses' mom who is picked. And not only is Mo Moses' mom the one who is picked to nurse the child, Pharaoh's daughter is now telling her, and I will pay you and compensate you for nursing this child working the whole situation out better than she could ever possibly imagine, but also training Moses on how to go back to Pharaoh's house to complete his mission and God's plan for his life because he had grown up in a place only where God could have had him grown up to figure out how to do all of that. Uh, and this is all like part of God's plan coming into the earth and being wonderful, but it happened when she was willing to take it just out of her hands and put it over in the hands of God. And I just sense for so many of you, like there are some things you've been holding on to. You've been trying to work it out. You've been trying to figure it out. You've been trying to make it happen. You've been trying to make it beautiful. And God is like, would you just trust me and put baby Moses in the Nile and get it out of just your hands and put it over in my hands? I promise you, I will work it out better for you than anything you could work out for yourself. But if you could just decrease a little bit right now so that I could increase a little bit right now, you would see me do something in this story that is better than anything you could write for yourself. There's no way she could have written that story. There's no way she could have figured out that that's how it'll be and like I'll get picked out of all the ladies and out of that Pharaoh's daughter will actually find the child and she has enough money to like pay me to take care of me. She could have never have written, written that story. She wouldn't even known to pray that out. But when she was willing to put it in God's hands, she saw God do for her what she could never do for herself. And maybe you don't understand this season or how the, why this darkness has come for your spiritual health or why this darkness has come for a promise or a dream that God has given you. And you can't figure out why you're under so much attack. But here's what I do know, that if you'll not give up on that beauty and you will place it in God's hands and believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, you will see God do for you what only he could do for you. 
Um, it's so amazing. Like yesterday, I kind of got emotional. It's rare I'm on social media. I have a social media account, but I don't manage it. Just a heads up on that. Uh, I, I don't manage it. I don't make posts to it. Um, I have um, people who help me with that. But occasionally I'll get on, and I wanted to get on to see actually my son Ben. Uh, I filmed this of him flexing, uh, you know, and these types of things. And uh, so I'm like, I want to see that again. So I went in and go see that video. And while I'm there, I start looking through, and I see my sister and her husband, uh, who worked for our church for many years, was up in, in Portland uh, planning this church. And I, I see them. I'm like, it's so weird kind of seeing uh, you know, them in, in Portland and in Seattle, and no, it's not a vacation. Like, they actually live there now, and we'll plant a church there, and like all those kinds of things. Um, so it was bittersweet, because obviously I love my family, but also because, you know, it's, it's bitter because I love my family, and I, you know, I miss them, but it's sweet in that I'm excited about what God is doing. But it made me do something. It made me look at God's faithfulness towards my family. And I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, like, if you want to see tragedy, if you could have just gone back to April 17, 2001, like, I tell the story all the time, but it's the truth. I can remember sitting in a doctor's office and watching my uncle take off his surgical mask and saying, I'm sorry, we did all we could do. And my mom faint in front of me and hit the floor, and I couldn't get off my seat fast enough to stop her from hitting the floor. And I'm watching everything in my life that is beautiful die. My faith, my spirituality, uh, my mom. I'm watching my sister because she, she was at, you know, off away at college. So she didn't get to see my father for the last kind of two years of her life like she wanted to. And it wasn't something you could prep for or something you could say goodbye over. Like it was so sudden and so quick. 44 years of age. No one saw this coming. And I'm watching like everything beautiful in my life die. And the church, the, the very next Sunday, we were down almost 800 people. And I'm watching this, this beautiful work that God created out of like um, a basement with three people in it. Like, die. And I, I came and I took it over. And I, I, I kid you not, like I, I had and I became, thank God, a Levi, where it's like I'm a priest and I'm a lover of God. And God healed my heart. And it was in times like this. And honestly, that wild time, that garden, that happy, it was called the coffee bank. They took a bank and made it a coffee store. And God moved in that bank. It healed me. And like through these moments like this that I pray we have here at this campus, like God began to do a work in me that I became alive again and began to like press into him and became a Levi where it's like I will have a beautiful faith in him. But I came back with a beautiful faith trying to create a beautiful life with this beautiful dream that I thought was from God, and it was, but Everything failed, and it's taking all the life from me. And I'm, I'm still watching my mom go through this season. I'm watching my sister go through all these types of things. And, and, and I tell you, I had these moments 
where like I, I know some of you may be at this place in your life right now where maybe life is not that broken, but you have something you've been holding on to. And all of these things in my life, I was holding on so tight, just like letting it draw life from me. And God has just came to me. He's like, will you surrender that to me? Will you place that in my hands? Will you, will you have the courage uh, to let me make your life beautiful? I had no idea where I would meet a wife. And, and for some of you, you may be thinking about this. Maybe you're single. I had no idea how I would ever find somebody ever that I would be able to marry. Uh, like, uh, I'm like, I'm not going to date from the congregation. That'd be incredibly weird. Uh, like, that's not going to happen. And then, like, all the pastors that I knew, like, they were trying to set me up on dates. But that was all weird, too. And I'm like, I'm just, you know, be like Paul uh, and do this single <laughs> and like that kind of thing. No idea how I would ever find a mate. But I so surrendered that, and one night praying in the Holy Spirit, I have a vision, like literally a vision, and I see this, this family. And the next day, the phone rings, and from the Spirit, like God made something beautiful that was far more. The story of our marriage and family is so beautiful. In my best moments, I never would have been able to write it. The story of what God has done with our Fondren campus, the story of what God has done with Highland Colony, the story of what God has done with Lakeland Drive, the story that God is still writing today is so much sweeter than I ever possibly could have imagined that I never would, on my best day, on my most creative day, would have never had the ability to write the story the way it was written. I never would have guessed that on April 17, 2011, we would open up Lakeland Drive. Literally 10 years to the day, my father passed away. I didn't plan that. I didn't believe God for that. I didn't write that out. But I became a person of prayer who just knew that I have a father who affectionately cares for me. And I can cast my cares over upon the Lord. I learned how to decrease and to become a man of prayer. And let God figure out marriage and family and children and church growth and campuses and leaders. And over the years, I've seen so much transition and I've seen leadership go and leadership come. And I've seen new faces and uh, old faces and new places and old places. I've seen things uh, die and then come to life again. I've, I've lived long enough now and pastored long enough now where I've seen the faithfulness of God. But here's what I know. If you will surrender baby Moses out of your hands and just put it in God's hands, God can write a story that is far more beautiful than you ever possibly could imagine. And now I'm watching my sister live that story, and I can see my mom living that story. And it's so much better than I ever possibly could have imagined because God is great. He is faithful. His works are forever. And there's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mouth. He cannot move. And so tonight, I just want to create a moment and a space for, for you to put something in God's hands. Um, and I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just yourself all over again. And to, to, to put your spiritual journey back in God's hands and say, have your way. Prune whatever you want to prune. Do whatever you want to do. Maybe it's, it's a dream that you've been giving up on that... You just want to come back to God and say, but I'm, I'm putting this back in your hands. Or maybe you've gone through a season of brokenness here recently, 
and you're like, God, I just want to see you put something back together. I want to see you bring life to this, and I want to see you bring peace to this. Uh, Whatever it may be, in whatever season of life you may be in, let's create our, our own moment where this space is your Nile River tonight. Uh, and uh, maybe it is an altar at your row, but it's like this thing, I know I can't carry it any longer, but I know someone who can. And this is my confidence. He has never failed me, and so I'm going to place this thing over in God's hands, and I'm going to expect him to write a story that is far more beautiful than anything I would have written for myself. Amen. Let's stand our feet. Let's worship the Lord. Father, we come before you tonight. We love you. We honor you, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you. You are our protector and our defender. And Father, I just thank you that you are by your spirit perfecting that which concerns us. Father, I I know that so many people here may have something in their life that is concerning. That that just concerns them and has been big in their heart. But Father, I thank you that you are perfecting that which concerns us. That whatever is concerning us, whether it's the health of a child or a financial situation... Something going on in business, something going on in the economy, something going on in our family, that whatever is concerning us, Father, we thank you, you are perfecting that. Father, I thank you, you're perfecting families where there's been brokenness and division, where there have been things that have come up that have been concerning Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. You are perfecting that which concerns us. Father, I I just sense that even some in their marriages and in their relationships, there's just been some things that have been concerning. And Father, I just thank you by the hand of your spirit and your anointing that you are perfecting that which concerns us. And Father, tonight, whatever it is, we just place it in the Nile. And we just say, let your hand come upon that. Come upon that child. Come upon that dream. Whether it's the the dream of finding a spouse or the the dream of, of paying off college debt or the dream of starting a career, whatever it may be. Father, tonight, we just put it in the river. And we say, God, this is in your hands. You will not fail us. And we grow strong in faith, (laughs) giving glory unto you, our great and our mighty protector. We love you, Lord. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord tonight. Father, we thank you that under the shadow of your wings... We find shelter from every storm. You are our refuge. You are our fortress. On you we can depend. 
because you are our defender, our protector, our shield, and our exceeding great reward. And so, Father, we just lift up that shield of faith tonight against every fiery dart of the enemy. And we say no longer will anything tease or torment us. Uh, Father, we're getting out of the realm of reason, and we're getting in the arena of faith, and we say our God reigns over all. He is our protector from every storm, and that the storms will rage, but we have a foundation of Jesus who is our firm foundation, and we will not be shaken in Jesus' name. We will not be shaken, but under the shadow of your wings, we will be held close. We will be protected, and we will be defended. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we just worship you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We give you glory and honor, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We give you thanks and praise forever and ever and ever. You are high and you are lifted up and you are worthy of our exhortation. You are worthy of our exaltation. You are worthy of our praise and you are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our heart. You are our protector, our defender, our soon coming king. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just create a space for the Holy Spirit to just speak to your heart anything he needs to say before we go. You know, so many times we get afraid of silence, but God's the, the only voice big enough to speak in it. And just create a moment where just before we leave, anything the Holy Spirit needs to say to you, let him say to you. We love you, Lord Jesus. just here in my heart I will guide you and show you the things you need to know 
I will guide you and show you all that you need to see. Relax in my hand. Know I am perfecting all that concerns you. And just let the river do the work. For so many of you, you've tried to force the process. Just let the river do the work. Let the river of the spirit, let the river of prayer just flow from your heart and let the river do the work and just flow in the river. Uh, Don't try to force the issue. Flow in the river and let God guide you with his eye. Let him help you with his hand. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I think we're real close to kind of finding a groove uh, in these services and in these places. I, I promise you, like, I, legitimately, the Lord really dealt with me that this would be so different. And like what he wants to do here is so different that I almost thought about calling it something entirely different. Uh, because that's how different I felt like it, it's supposed to be. Uh, but with all things spiritually, it's going to take like a corporate kind of push to take us there. And I just want to encourage you to like come ready to just like press in and to, to, to come into this. And I, I really sense we're on the cusp of it, like we're, we're so close to it. Uh, but the more we kind of press and the more we kind of congregate, the more we'll kind of see community arise and a corporate kind of faith and anointing produce what no individual anointing ever could, if that makes sense. And so I just celebrate you for coming and celebrate you for making time on a Sunday for the Lord. And I just know like, like the woman who built like a little chamber on her house and it wasn't a lot. It was just a little chamber that she built. It brought a blessing to her family that couldn't come any other way. And I know for so many of you to come like on a Sunday night, it's not a lot. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a lot, but it is a little extra uh, that you're having to carve out for God. But I feel like God is so honored by that space you're carving out for him. And even us as a staff, you know, it's a sacrifice for us to do these things. It's not a big sacrifice, but it is a little sacrifice. Um, But just carving out that little space, I think a blessing is coming to the house uh, that we couldn't add to ourselves any other way. Uh, And the same will be true for you. So we love you. We're honored to kind of have these moments with you. If this is your first time or you'd like more information about this campus, you can go to the information bar at the back where they have information on tap. Uh, Whatever you may need back there, they'll let you know about this campus. It's there behind you. Uh, May God bless you. May he protect you. May his face shine brightly upon you. We'll see you next time. You're dismissed.